brought to you by the Center for the Arts of Greater Lapeer. The PIX podcast showcases the best of the PIX Theater and Gallery 194's featured artists, musicians, and entertainers. We are the Center for All Things Art and Entertainment in Greater Lapeer. Here's your host, Jill Lynn Lyons. Welcome to the PIX podcast, and my guest today is comedian Mike Bobbitt. Welcome, Mike. You are going to be here on Saturday, January 28th. 7.30 show was a brand new show called Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy. Yeah. I have to admit, you've been here before. You've been to the picks a couple times. Yes. Last time was back in 2015 with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then previously to that, 2012 was the Desperate House Guys. Yep. About that. So I know you are very funny and I wanted to hire you. But when I heard the title, I was like, oh, (laughs) a comedy show that starts out with the word tragedy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud of this one. Truth be told, the other two shows that I had were just an opportunity for me to put a pretty package on me getting to work with and hang out with my friends. But this is a show now that I've gotten older really means a lot to me. And I'm finding, especially in this post pandemic or, you know, still pandemic world, wherever we're at in the pandemic, a lot of my friends and I have been experiencing a lot of death and tragedy. And I'm so in awe over my friends' abilities to find levity in the darkest moments of life. And I get so much out of it in the way that I've processed loss from listening to them and their takes that it's really helped me on a really profound level. And I really wanted to find a way to share that experience with other people too, because, you know, it's, it's one of the sure things in life. We're all going to experience death and my friends <laughs> have done a, a really nice job of disarming something that's so absolutely terrifying and horrible. I know that from my own personal experience with that, that in my family, and maybe you could just say it's irreverence, but it did bring out, I want to say it brought out the comedians, because that's not exactly the truth. That's a little misleading. But death is a shared experience. And when you have all of your family around and you're celebrating that person and that person, in the case of my father, loved to laugh. And so those memories, we had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like how they say people are going to vote for the politician who makes them laugh and, you know, that they'd want to share a beer with. And I I feel like that's the same for life moments. Like if you can share a laugh in a moment of time where you're not expecting a laugh, it brings people and families closer together. My younger brother and I are two years apart and I was a pretty lousy big brother just because, you know, boys will fight and both of us sharing the loss of our dad together and 
being able to laugh at some of the <laughs> absurd moments <laughs> in his life really was the thing that brought me and my brother together to where I consider him a friend now instead of just a stranger that I share DNA with. So that's that's a positive twist. That is yeah. a good thing too. When did the comedy start for you? Comedy started for me about 20 years ago. And it was one of those things where I was in a very sad place. I worked in radio and television throughout my 20s and had an an ego on myself of someone who rose very quickly in radio and was way too young to handle that success. And I, I burned bridges I wasn't even planning on crossing. And I was always fascinated by the idea of comedy, but never really knew how to even go about doing it. I liked writing. So I wrote a screenplay about a Michigan stand-up comedian and my ex-wife who unfortunately passed last year got me stand-up classes and the rest is history. And I kind of feel like it happened at a good time where because of all the mistakes I made in my twenties, I've been able to appreciate the journey in my thirties and forties and now (laughs) 50. And yeah, so it's comedy came for me out of a a really dark time where I needed to do something because I felt like I peaked at 28. So I think to a certain extent that our twenties are about teaching us where we need to be in life. Yeah. 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 I'm an old dad. Like I bought a really nice microphone. So hopefully the people who edit the podcasts are not having to edit out too much toddler noise in the background. But I really feel like if I had been a dad any earlier than this, I probably would have done a really horrible job. So I'm I'm hoping that I'm equipped enough to not mess this up too badly. <laughs> but if I do, then that'll be the next comedy show for the picks in seven years <laughs> where I screwed up my poor kids. <laughs> a comedy about parenthood. Well, I don't think you're going to screw up your poor kids. Well, we'll find you out. You have enough self-awareness <laughs> yeah. to realize it. I think sometimes in youth, you don't. You're so, you're still, in youth, you're still focused on yourself. Yeah. And I think older parents, they can focus more because they're more settled in their own life. Yeah. Like I said, my dad passed and his failing health was what made my wife and I move back to Michigan from LA where I was pursuing screenwriting and you know, it is kind of a bittersweet reminder all the time because like my son is really into trains. My dad had a train table, you know, just like a lot of guys born in the thirties, <laughs> you know, that was their man cave having the train set down in the basement. And I do wish that my dad was here to experience, you know, Benji is a, a grandkid, but his memory stays close to me and it's kind of helping with the writing process because I am able to share more stuff about, you know, that whole, that old guy. I miss him. I do understand. My father was also from the thirties, born in 1938. And yes. Oh, same with mine. Yeah. 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 On this lineup too is Sam Rager, who speaking of my son, he is my son's godmother or she is my son's godmother. Sam Rager lost her dad 
during the pandemic. And she's a very, very close, close friend. And she's someone who I have admired for a long time because she's been able to find the humor in the darkest parts of life, like her own mental health. She speaks about very honestly. And she was actually a huge inspiration for me wanting to put the show together, which is why I'm also very honored that she agreed to be part of the show with me too. And she's, she's young. She gets out more. So she's always letting me know like, Hey, so-and-so has a, a great chunk in their act about how, you know, she lost her brother and stuff like that. So I, I'm putting together a wish list always of comedians that I would like to add to this roster, because like I said, it is something in life that we are all experiencing so much of these days. But your the shared experience of coming through it is the goal. I hope by the end of the show, people will feel the burden and the load of death just a little bit lighter on their shoulders. I, I hope that people, you know, you know, they say that one of the goals of comedy is to get you to forget the woes of your day, but I hope this show doesn't make you forget the woes that you're dealing with. I hope it just lets you see them in a new light so that you can feel better long after seeing the show at the picks. I hope it has more of a lasting feel on an audience other than, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever the case may be, where, you know, as soon as you leave the theater, you're back out to your car and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> mortgage payment or whatever. I hope that this show makes people feel better longer than just, you know, the immediate return on investment. Something that stays with you. Yeah. Hopefully. I don't know. Hopefully. The, the picks has always been super generous to me. And you guys, I'm very thankful and appreciative of the fact that I come up with these grand ideas and you guys have always been like, all right, yeah, let's give it a shot. See what happens. And just because you all put the trust in me, man, I hope we don't mess it up. (laughs) Oh, no, I do have trust in you. And our audience has trust in us. I think what I love about working here is our audience and how close our audience is. And it's remarkable. So the group, before we started the podcast, I was telling you that we had a a sold out show last night Mm -hmm. and the group was from Canada. And you know, Canadians are very polite and they are complimenting They're complimenting me on our audience and how nice everyone is. Oh, that's great. And I get that all the time because it's true. People are here because they really want to be here. And they really, you know, it's that feeling of community, which is why I got into theater in the first place, is that whole feeling of that shared experience. And I think tying that to your show, that, that's what your show's going to do. It's the shared experience because yeah, I don't know who came up with that saying that there's two guarantees in life, death and taxes. Benjamin Franklin. Yep. And it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yep. You may not get married. You may not have kids, but you're going to die and you're going to pay tax. 
unless you're Wesley Snipes, then you'll get out of paying taxes, but you'll eventually have to go to jail for it. Yeah, the, 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 you're absolutely right. I love the fact that the people of Lapeer recognize what a, a great and rare establishment they have with the Pix theater where it's such a gorgeous theater and you know, the people come out and they are phenomenal audiences and, you know, one of the people on your staff who I've known for much longer than I've been a comedian, Laurel Droz, she and her daughter both do plays at the Picks. Mm-hmm. And I am, number one, she's such a great writer that it's so much fun to read her accounts of the experiences they have being involved with theater through the Picks that I wish I lived closer to the Lapeer because I just want to experience that too. Like there's like a, a timeless yet small town quality about like downtown Lapeer there that it makes me nostalgic for my childhood where, you know, it seemed like, you know, people knew each other and neighbor meant something. So yeah, I love Lapeer. Yes. We're very fortunate to still have that. Lapeer's changed a great deal but it still has that quality. And we are so fortunate that I had nothing to do with it, so I can brag about it, that the city of Lapeer purchased the picks back when they did and the gallery, and that we have this in a community our size is just such a treasure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the people that are closest to it that live here take it for granted <laughs> it's like no oh, you don't no. understand there's a lot of places out, out here that don't have this yeah so we are very very fortunate absolutely and we get to have great talent like you coming so i am excited about it i am also very curious your show has me and my mind's just like zapping with where is this gonna go i can't wait to see there are other people on the show too that i put on the show 100% from Sam Rager's recommendation. So it is going to be a new experience for me too. It's comedians who I'm familiar with their work, but because of the pandemic and being inside, I just haven't done that much comedy. And there's also the the thing where if we're all on the same rung in the ladder, I'm not going to get to work with a lot of my friends that are also headlining So, you know, like Robert Jenkins is on the show and he's such a profound comedian. And I know he's experienced great loss right around the same time that my dad died. And just because he and I are both headliners, I've never gotten to work with him. And I'm so excited to see his take on all of this as well, too. So... And it's, it's very exciting. I'm really glad that the picks gets to be a part of this because I think it's going to I think it's going to go places. Yeah, it's I mean, the, it's kind of sad that the prerequisite for comedians to be on this show is, you know, hey, have you lost someone near and dear to you? Oh, you haven't. Sorry. Come back when you have. But yeah, like I said, I'm very proud of this and very grateful for you guys to, you know, give this a shot and hopefully it hopefully it goes well (laughs) i think it will i have every confidence in you 
Although it would be ironic if my show about death was the death of my relationship with the picks. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we don't think things like that. No, no. Someone no. asks, like, hey, are you going to have Mike Bobbitt back? No, he promised a comedy show and he made 200 people cry for two hours. No, we're never having him back. Uh. <laughs> no, we're gonna have a good. <laughs> we're having a good time just talking about it. So right. I know it's gonna be a good. Yep. Oh goodness! Yes. All right. So <laughs> please join us on this. It's gonna be an eventful journey on Saturday, January twenty eighth. The show starts at seven thirty. There are tickets available. You can get them via our website, which is Center for the Arts or you can call us at 810-664-4824. And the aforementioned Laurel is usually the first one that gets the phone. So you might even get to talk to her and she'll take your ticket order. Ooh, well, now I know what to do when she screens my phone calls. <laughs> she is usually the first one to grab the phone. <laughs> as talented as she is, she is so shy. And I do a podcast which is improvisational comedy podcast. And I wanted her to play a character on it because she is so funny and so witty and yeah. sharp. And it took about a year before we finally got her on. If I had known, I, all I had to do is call the picks box office. And that's all you have to do. All right. Or talk to me and I'll be like, Hey, Mike, why don't you on that podcast? I didn't yes. know about this podcast. I'm going to have to look it up. She never mentioned it. Oh, yeah. It's called The Truth Cast. And her character was married to... It's a, a parody of conspiracy theories. And her character was married to what she believed was a dog man. And just like the comedy show that we're doing at the Picks, there's often a lot of death on our show. Our show's become a, a soap opera. Her character did not make it because it turns out she was right. Her her husband was a dog man and her character is no longer with us. So, But her in real life, her husband is not a dog man. He's one of my best friends. So no, I can attest he is not a dog man in real life. No. <laughs> He is saved well, in my I, phone as Laurel's husband, though, so, even though I've known him longer. That's that's pretty good. I think that's that's good billing. Yeah, yeah. that worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to talk to you more about that improv because we have a group of high school students who are taking improv classes here right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So maybe I'll have to have you back so that they come come play with us. Sure. We're going to have more improv around the pits. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's exciting. It is. The instructor is Mary Beth Burns. And Mary Beth used to teach improv and script writing at Second City in Chicago when she lived there. Oh, I have so to they say. are getting education. When there was a Second City in Detroit, I did take classes there. And I do have to say that even if someone is not looking at doing improv as a hobby or anything like that, an improv class just teaches you so much about speaking in meetings, having more confidence. And I firmly believe that everyone should take an improv class at one point in time in their life. So consider this an ad for the improv classes at the picks because yeah, she comes from a great pedigree and it is a very valuable tool that everyone, not just performers, should have in their toolbox. 
You almost just exactly quoted me and what I tell parents about kids in theater and that I don't care if they go on in theater. It's just going to give them a great background for everything else in life Mm -hmm. and the ability to speak and speak well. And yeah, yeah, you know, but improv is there. So and I'm very, very proud that our group is has grown to we have 15 kids right now, which is phenomenal. I yeah. I'm really just another really reason that I feel bad that I don't live closer to the Lapeer. You guys have so much cool stuff. Well, maybe we could get you to move here. <laughs> we have cool people too. You do. My wife and I were lucky to the first house we looked at when we were house hunting was outside of our price range. And then we kept looking at houses and we kept comparing them to this first one. And then the first house dropped in price. So we ended up getting to buy our dream house. So I'm not leaving as much. (laughs) I'm only like 40 minutes away. It's really not that far. No, I know. We'll just get you to come here more often. I would love that. And we're going to get Thai food here, too. So, Wait, wh- you really? Yep. LaPierre's going to have Thai food downtown. I'm so excited. Yay. Hey. I love Thai food. Yeah. 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 That's one of the things I miss about living in the city. So I'm very, very excited. Yeah. yeah. LaPierre, is, it's really happening. And I'm very proud to be here. Yes. So. We'll get you here and we're going to see you on Saturday, January 28th. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jill. This has been an absolute pleasure. And like you said, it's been a long time. It was been to LA and back since the last time I was there and getting to talk to you is just reminded me like, oh yeah, I forgot everyone involved with the picks are just the nicest people in the entire world. So thank you so much. This has been a a nice way to spend the morning for me. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Picks Podcast. To learn more about upcoming shows and events, visit www.centerforthearts.org.